What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the podcast that always has a fire in its heart. But thankfully, you can see a doctor about it. It's Feast of Fun. Now celebrating 3,000 shows in 16 years. Today, it's all sizzling, all hot news. Hot and fresh, just the way you like it, honey. An Australian TV host flies halfway across the world for an exclusive interview with Adele, only to have it canceled after he said he hadn't listened to her new album. Right-wingers band Sesame Street again. Britney is free to start trouble this time with Christina Aguilera. The rent is too damn high. California condors don't need no man. And J.K. Rowling is not invited to Harry Potter's 20th anniversary. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast... Ah, well. <laughs> of fun. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you did a little pop. Yes, that's a I fire in never, my heart. I could never get that pop right. Try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the right? name of the, dra- the drag queen Alyssa from? Edwards Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa Edwards yeah. is like, why you? Why you? Well, congratulations. We're so inching. Ooh, it's inching. so close. Ooh, it's right outside the <laughs> back door. Three thousand podcasts, honey. We're uh, we're crawling to the finish line. We're, we're gonna get there, though. We're gonna get to that 3000 mark and then beyond you know and and reflecting 16 years of podcasting and something that you know we helped shape so much of not just the world but podcasting itself mm-hmm. um i've been listening to a lot of our early shows mm-hmm. and it, you know there's there as as um julie andrews sang in the sound of music even through my wicked wild child day. How does the song go? So, somewhere in my wicked child. Uh, somewhere world. in my wicked, miserable past, <laughs> there must have been a moment of truth. Good. Of good. Yes. Yeah. And so, so you know, in looking back on 16 years of, of our podcast, we've done some amazing things. And a lot of goodness has come from just the people involved in the show. Oh, without a doubt, we've made such good friends and gotten to know some people and really understood people's motivations, where they come from, and where they're going. And we've introduced you guys to thousands of legends, honey, LGBTQ people, that you were like, George Takei? I don't know who that is. <laughs> the Asian guy from Star Trek? I, I never don't watch watched that show. show. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh my God, you had George Takei. Yeah, nah, nah. And we were like, RuPaul, RuPaul, do you love RuPaul? And they're like, I don't know her. It's like, <laughs> she's a great, you know, supermodel work. Super- oh, I thought she retired. And then suddenly and it's then like. And then the best was yet to come. Really? Yeah. For, for RuPaul, the best parts of her life happened after, after she eight. thought it was over. Yes. After she came on Feast of Fun. Yeah. We, <laughs> she's like, whoa, with this show. Early, early on, early on we, we didn't know where she was. You know, we didn't know what she was doing. Uh, yeah. She did have a blog out there, but I don't know if it was updated for a while. I think she was hanging out at the ranch. So one day we just got a drag queen to imitate her. And then somebody named RuPaul was like, who was this? <laughs> who are you? And then she sprung, Clemens. She sprung out with um, Star Booty and then with RuPaul's Drag Race. And now it's Drag Race Italia, Drag Race. France, Netherlands, Britain, Canada, Australia, Thailand. Yeah, they even have a cisgendered uh, assigned female at birth performers uh, on the show. And so many, they're calling it Rag Race now. <laughs> Who's saying that? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> For some people that don't know of, you know, they call it when you're on the rag. It's when <laughs> the rag have, When you're having a period. <laughs> But, you know, we've had some amazing people. Uh, Rob Anderson, you know, the comedian uh, who was on reality television. Now he's killing it on TikTok. TikTok and Instagram, they're just so funny and so hilarious. Yeah. So, so T.S. Madison. I mean, God. Mateo Lane. It's just so. uh, Cameron Esposito. Yeah. it's, It's just amazing that all these people were here in the home studio rubbing shoulders with us. 
You know, some of them a little bit more than <laughs> shoulders. No, no, no just... we haven't had enough sex with anybody. <laughs> but uh, throughout all these 16 years and 3,000 shows, one of the things that you guys uh, wrote into us and say the m- thing we like the most is you and Mark talking about the hot news. Oh, yes. So we're doing a new show uh, within the show called All the Sizzling Hot News, mm-hmm. or just Hot News. Yeah. And uh, we're just taking a look at the cutting edge, the up to the minute. Stuff that is, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse, we can talk about that someplace else. Well, we can talk about it. Just, uh, I mean, how, how can we just say about it's how disappointed we are in the American judicial system? Um, you know, I, we, I didn't follow the trial too closely just because I knew my heart was going to break when we got the verdict. Because I understand what this nation is like. And I would have been super surprised had he been convicted. This nation is complicated, mm-hmm. you know. But as soon as I started watching a little bit of the trial, right. I was just like Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. and Ghost. Yeah. I said, Molly, yes. you're in trouble. Yes. Well, yeah. you know, you have to recognize when you see something like this is that, you know, uh, we live in this capitalistic society. And one of the... Pistons that definitely runs this engine of capitalism is based on racism. Yeah. And it's so it's, you know, it's a it's a huge system and it's we have to fight it every way that we can when we can. Yeah. And, and you know, and part of it is like, look, I, as soon as I saw that the defense, the prosecution uh, for the Rittenhouse trial was like bringing up the this one guy. And he's like, well, I had my rifle up. Mm-hmm. I was like, they're going to either he's going to get a. Not guilty, or he's mm-hmm. going to get acquitted yeah. or mistrial, but he's not going to go to jail. For and sure. And sure enough, that's it, what happened. For sure. And it's just, you know, it's, the whole situation is so disturbing. What kind of parent takes their 17-year-old kid yeah. uh, loaded with a gun to go protect property? It's like, you don't know these people. Why do you, like, just, what's the worst that's going to happen? Some windows are going to get broken. Maybe there's some looting. He was you know? protecting but a now parking people lot. people are dead. And two people died. And as a consequence of that trial, then it makes it sends out the the signal that you can bring a gun to a protest and shoot people. Mm-hmm. And so that's, uh, you know, that's upsetting and unnerving. And it's not what necessarily I want to be doing here yeah. because it's all feast of fun, yes. not feast of gloom and doom. Yes. Uh, so we're talking more a little bit uh, of the, 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 you know, the candy coating of camp, the twisted, the funny things that make you chuckle and giggle a little bit. Because, you know, seeing celebrities suffer or doing crazy, stupid things is always hilarious. (laughs) And uh, my top story is Matt Doran, who no one knew outside of Australia. He's a journalist. Uh, He's like the the Oprah from Australia. He's more like the Diane Sawyer. Okay. (laughs) You know, he's the guy who like interviews celebrities for he's gorgeous man. And um, is he single? I don't know. Maybe I, I didn't Google that much, but <laughs> is he gay? He's I don't Australian. Know. He's Australian. So Give he's him a six a pack bit. and yeah. Shrimp and on the Bobby, honey. <laughs> so uh, he works for channel seven and uh, he was the only person in Australia given the ability to interview Adele. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, the, her songs uh, are all about stalking her ex-lover. <laughs> so she has a new Lost album love. called 30. Mm-hmm. I don't, no one really knows what it's about yet because it's not up for sale yet. There's not been a sneak preview. There isn't. There's, you know, teases and drops and stuff like that. But so the publicist Didn't she for Sony the Records. Oprah show? Didn't she sing songs for the Oprah She show? may have, but yeah. not the whole full album, oh, yeah. right? And so Matt Duran um, was granted the interview, got on an airplane, flew half around the world, half away around the world to England. And the publicist put the link, download preview link to the album inside a e-card, like a contact card mm-hmm. in, as a link on the bottom of an email. It's like, find it if you can. Well, the, he would have never known to look there. Right. So, yeah, there should be a message like on the thing. Say, here is the, you know, the album. Download this link. When we interview people, especially musicians, and they want us to either play or be aware of the music, the musicians like every day, like, did you get to listen to it? Did you, you did you hear it? It's very important. And I think it's really important to do the interview at the same time. You know, if you don't get a chance to listen to the music, there's still things you can talk about. Mm. And sort of Adele's been, you know, she hasn't been putting out music in a long time. She's gone through like 10 years, right? Huge transformation. This is a huge album. And he gets there and Adele sits down and says, well, what do you think about my new album? (laughs) And he says, and he says, he didn't listen to it. (laughs) He was like, he was just like, 
I'm looking forward to it, but I haven't listened to it yet. And she's like, so some of the conservative right wing tabloid press says that Adele walked out Mm -hmm. and that is not what happened. Uh, They finished the 30 minute interview and then Sony, who owns Adele's music, uh, pulled back the uh, permission to run the interview, saying that they were uh, upset that the interviewer had not listen to the music. Uh, can you, I mean, is that a legal thing to say you can't? Yeah, th- we do. That happens to us all the time. Like the, the embargo and interview. Right. They can also threaten litigation mm-hmm. if they don't like what you did. Mm. Now, a good journalist is never going to agree to those right. terms, but this is a entertainment journalism. And so yeah. there may be a money exchange. Who yeah. knows? There might be contracts signed ahead of time and that kind of stuff. But we have the right to refuse it, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we've never had that kind of thing where people uh, have said, well, we have the right to refuse the, the you know, the I final product. That. I would never do uh, that. Yeah, I wouldn't waste my time most of the time. I'm but, like, because you, know. you know it's going to be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, it's just going to be, That's it's, gonna, it's not going to be interesting. You know what I mean? It's probably just going to be uh, uh, boring material or uh, not interesting. And Adele, I love your music. I love you. But this is bullshit. And if you got to be mad at anybody, be mad at your publicist who didn't assure and secure and even, you know, pull the guy aside and say, hey, listen to at least the first track mm-hmm. when he got to the because he flew to London, got off the plane, went straight to the TV studio to meet with Adele like he didn't even get sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and he's there. He could have like lagged. checked his email on the plane. And just, but that, that's the thing. He did check his email uh, and, and there was no indication in the email mm-hmm. where he could listen to the music. And so he's just like. What am I supposed to do? So the the fact is, she did participate in the interview, uh, but the, the higher ups just said, "No, we don't want to run this." Now interview. I want to listen to it. I now I want to know what's going on. Because Adele, you know, anybody who who builds their fame about stalking your ex lover <laughs> and making you money, know I want to know. It. Yeah. <laughs> And her music's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you know, it's yeah. it's the, it's the voice, of course. You know, and the songs are wonderful as well, right? Uh, never mind, I find another one to interview me. <laughs> At least I'll find a journalist who listened to my music. Now she has a new song to sing. About the, the, the journalist who did yeah. her wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he did me wrong. You know, we've been interviewed mm-hmm. by idiots who are not familiar with our work. Obviously, if you're a human being and living in 2021, you're familiar with who Adele is. You, you know, you're like... Let me put it this way. The interview question I would not ask her is like, so you've lost a lot of weight. (laughs) I would not. Well, people are very interested in her transformation for sure. You know, people are just like, uh, you know, how did this come about? What did you do? What's different? That kind of thing. People are are always wanting to know how people's, um, you know, how they do these things because everybody's looking for that shortcut. (laughs) Everybody wants that. What can I do to, to, uh, to get fit or, you know, or to trim down, but not do anything. Well, you know, she actually answered that question. Did she? What'd she say? Trim spa, baby. <laughs> actually, it was tiramisu, baby. No, she uh, she said uh, portion control. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> well, I know she, that she's been hanging around with Nicole Richie. So Nicole Richie probably has some tricks to give her because you know how, how, how thin Nicole Richie is, right? Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. They, they yeah, they're they're buddies. So oh, I think Nicole she, Richie. Yeah. So she Lionel Richie's daughter. Daughter, yes, who was on The Simple Life with Paris Hilton. Oh, so boy. she that's a that's she a game. really she got super thin. <laughs> and you know the thing is, uh, you know, some people worry that she might be anorexic or something. But you know, some people they can get very thin and and, and carry it off very well and not have uh, you know what people would describe as an eating disorder. Some people are just like, this is exactly what I need to fuel my body, and they're just very comfortable in getting the exact amount of calories. Whereas me, I'm just like, mm, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why anybody would have uh, issues with Adele's new album. Here's a, some of the song titles. Is, uh, you can never be too rich or too thin. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. No. No, no, no. It's called 30 or something. 30, right? yeah. 30. So high concept, you know. It's like, is I'm 30. 30. Is she 30 It's a, a waist size now. You know. <laughs> I no, I think, you know, uh, she's back and she's putting out music and, you know. And she's performing in person, mm-hmm. which is very unusual because like ABBA or Whitney Houston CGI, they 
They're using like <laughs> robots to do the music and performance. Well, now. she's still young and vibrant, so yeah. that's that's the difference. She will be singing off of a precipice, just like uh, Jennifer Hudson. Oh, it makes a me true nervous. Diva. A true it diva. It makes me so nervous when I see Jennifer Hudson singing on the on the edge of a building. <laughs> Because I'm like, a, a, a gust of I, wind is going to whisk her away. I should you know? probably tie her down. Like, you know? a, like a, a car like, in like a with Dumbo. tornado. Like Dumbo? Didn't, didn't, they, didn't they tie Dumbo down so he wouldn't fly tent. away? The tent. They tied the tent down. Oh, they tied the tent down? Yeah, they don't tie the elephants down. No, they don't think they would do that. Hmm? I don't know. I don't work I have, at a circus. I thought I remember Dumbo kind of floating or something like that. And then they, like that. Well, they tie up elephants. Do they? Yeah, of course. They put a little shackle around their legs. Well, yeah, so they don't break free. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But the elephant, the, I guess the, they train the elephant to think they can't break free mm -hmm. from the shackles, but the elephants can break free from the shackles. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Hey, Dumbo, you're flying without your magic feather. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, right I love wingers, your Bronx accent. Thank you. It's my, you know. Is I, it Brooklyn or Bronx? I've done that voice in about four different animated films. And throughout my life, <laughs> oh, really? all student work. Okay, because I would I would do that the Dumbo voice, mm -hmm. the the little mouse, mm -hmm. you know. And people were like, "Oh, will you do my do the voice of a dummy and stuff?" And you know, I was like, "You gotta believe in yourself." <laughs> oh, poor little fella, all alone in this big bad world. <laughs> uh, right wingers are furious at Sesame Street mm -hmm. again. Saying the legendary Muppets like Elmo, Big Bird, Bert, and Ernie are never going to be welcome at any Republican event or conference ever. Well, it's that CPAC, right? The very conservative faction that had... That's uh, the breathing mask for people. <laughs> very, I wish they could catch their breath. The uh, You know, it's a very conservative group. So it's like, what is it? Conservative PAC, I think is what it stands for. Yeah. And so they've been tweeting like this, the, the pictures of like Big Bird, Elmo, and like not invited. Like, like they were ever going to show up to your event anyway. Well, you know, since... Sesame Street began airing mm -hmm. in 1969. It has become a critical, indelible part of millions of children's lives, mm -hmm. including yours and mine and our listeners. Yeah, we grew up watching it. And it's a major topic of this podcast because uh, we think Sesame Street is awesome and Muppets are awesome. And, Childhood education is awesome. And in 1970s in Mississippi... Uh, the show was banned by Republicans for showing a mixed race cast mm. uh, as segregation was a hot button topic in the South. And, um, and, you know, Big Bird trying to make children more comfortable has always been the, the Muppet that gets vaccinated. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, Sesame Street misses the opportunity to say, oh, looks like Big Bird's got the bird flu <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, you know, but they, they want to calm people. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hold down, right? So they, they have a lot of scenes of Big Bird getting vaccinated. And of course, you know, the COVID pandemic is a huge thing. And now children are being vaccinated. Between the ages of five and 12, right? Right. And so they're preparing kids mentally and psychologically to get vaccinated. And so it's been a feature on the show and their social media and stuff. And Republicans are who, you know, uh, Republicans, let's just call them out for what they are. They are a compromised organization that serves the interests of international oligarchs who want to harm American citizens and the American economy for their own personal enrichment. 
Mm. So anything that kills people, anything that harms the U.S. economy, Republicans are going to love it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after 750,000 dead from the COVID pandemic, you would think that maybe they would change their opinion on getting vaccinated, but they don't. No, no. And I don't underestimate the influence of like Russian propaganda, these outside influences. These are beliefs that they themselves hold. A lot of them, you know, are vaccinated, but they push it for these to be unvaccinated because it is causing chaos in our society. And they're all they're pro chaos. So somebody uh, put Big Bird as a because they're also calling Sesame Street communist. I don't understand why, but so they put Big Bird as like next to Mao and, you know, all these like Chinese propaganda posters is like, you know, hail Big Bird, our new communist leader. Well, it's almost as though. And Big Bird did go to China. He did? Yeah. There was a special episode of Sesame Street where he went to China and became friends with a little uh, China, you know communist Chinese girl Oh, and she grew up and uh, she had, she lived an amazing life because she became like a celebrity in China. Oh, so this happened a while ago. Yeah. Well, when in the, in the 1980s, I believe because well, yeah. Nixon went to China exactly. and they're all like very happy about that. Well, cause he was a Republican, mm-hmm. but that's when Republicans were Mr. Rogers was a Republican, you know, and, and uh, you know, public television exists today because Republicans were in favor of it. Cause they were like, well, it's a cheap way to get kids to learn how to read, you know? And, and in some ways, you know, it's it was uh, supposed to be curbing urban violence and and things that made conservatives anxious in the mm-hmm. 1970s. And now conservatives are like, we got so much money, we can just build a wall around it. And and that's what they do. And so, you know, Sesame Street and is now they're the thing they're attacking and and they're they're going after not just like, you know, sweet, humble cute, furry, lovable Muppets, they're going after institutions or anything that tries to curb violence against children, Mm. whether it's physical or sexual violence. And so Republicans new thing is, you know how you kind of hear about critical race theory. Sure. They're going after academics who study why pedophilia occurs and what kind of policies and, um, and actions can be taken to prevent it from happening in the first mm-hmm. place. Well, they're threatened by that, right? Because, like, who's doing that? Conservatives, right? The Catholic Church, uh, a lot of Republican the politicians, evangelicals. the evangelicals, always caught, you know, uh, molesting children, and they get away with it. Sexually assault, let's call it sexual violence against children. Mm. And why would you be against that? Is because you have, you're making money from destabilizing and harming people. That's the only logical reason. And and so the Republicans are launching attack on policies and researchers who are calling them the pedophiles because mm-hmm. they're like, well, you're the one who's trying to understand. Well, what's this. the in- instance? There's a trans professor, right? Is that what's yeah, happening? So so now the latest uh, target is a trans professor who um, his name is what is their name here? It's not really that important, but it's Alan Walker. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Alan Walker uh, study is a criminal justice and a pedophile expert who interviews and works with pedophiles to prevent them from attacking children and harming ch- children, you know, mm-hmm. and, and also creating a criminal justice system that works to preventing violence. Stopping violence. Because that's the goal. The, the problem with a lot of our, our system here is like, you know, you catch somebody after something is done, right? So you get to pu- you punish them. You know, you send them into the prison or probation or whatever happens. But there's we put very little into prevention. And, you know, I would say that Dr. Alan Walker makes a, a critical mistake in um, adopting a right wing term called minor attracted people in trying to compare People who have the desire to sexually harm children to uh, LGBT people who have consent. And when somebody cannot grant consent, it is a form of violence to have sex with them. And, uh, you know, and Dr. Allen says that the way we talk about the way we deal with uh, people who are in this state of mind are going is not working to prevent that violence from Mm. happening. And so if we really are interested in stopping sexual violence towards children, we need to change how we deal with pedophiles. 
and and how we, uh, you know, what do we do with pedophiles in our society? And part of the problem is that they don't come out to their therapists, to authorities, because they're worried that they will be harmed. And so when things are hidden away in the darkness, which is what Republicans like to happen, that's where the violence starts to happen. And so they're now targeting uh, that old Dominion University and Dr. Alan Walker and other um, uh, staff whose field of research is preventing sexual violence against children. Mm. And I'm like, what kind of crazy world do you want to live in where, you know, they are defunding things to protect the safety of children? Well, and it's also, you Fuck know, me. but it's also, you know, <laughs> for Republicans, the yeah. idea of child abuse is something that they've they've uh, they bring up as a, as the boogeyman over the years. Right. And so remember in the 80s when they had They're this, not interested the in satanic children. panic, yeah. part, the whole reason the, like it's come out now is that whole satanic panic of these children being offered up to the devil was just a conspiracy to stop uh, uh, the idea of having child daycare for like mother maternity leave because they made everybody afraid of leaving your children in the care of somebody else. And so the whole idea of having like paid maternity leave was just dropped because of the influence. They created the straw man of satanic panic. Well, you know, and it, it is interesting that Mr. Rogers message that you are worthy of being loved regardless of who you are and what you do. Unconditional love as written in the Bible all these, you know, so-called Christians and right-wing conservatives are like, the world is messed up because we, you know, people are entitled mm -hmm. to being loved and to being recognized for their humanity. And I'm just like, oh my God, I mean, what? There's so much broken. And, and even when we start talking about like, uh, you know, competitions, like three-legged races in schools and people get so mad because they're like, oh, they gave medals to... For participation. Oh, God, this is why society is falling apart. And I'm like, uh, you know, the Olympics, the Olympic Olympics, mm -hmm. they give medals for participation, too. Everybody Nobody, gets a medal. Right? Everybody who participates in the Olympics gets a motherfucking medal. Why do they not complain about that? Because it's part of the status quo. Mm. It's about, you know, racial pur purity. And it's a, you know, like Hitler went to the Olympics because he wanted to see. German superiority, mm. you know, so the Olympics kind of is a very appealing to eugenicists and racists. It is. <laughs> well, they're going to see a yeah. lot of black people win a lot of medals. a lot of medals and a lot of Asian people win a lot of medals as well. The town I lived in in Germany and in, in Garmisch that hosted the uh, I think it was the 36 Winter Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. And they well, still had uh, some of the Olympic stuff that was still there and some beautiful architecture. Well, as we saw that wonderful documentary, uh, Rocky Three, uh, Rocky versus Ivan Drago, mm -hmm. I Must Break You. Uh, you know, I think Eastern European countries think that by using performance enhancing drugs, I think in the, at the time period, in the 80s, of, in it the was 60s, magic, right? They were like, steroids are magic. Steroids are going to. And I'm like, you know, pretty much all athletes are on some kind of performance enhancing drugs. And so now competitive sports is all about the art of passing those blood tests <laughs> and training. Like it's, it's not enough that they just train and have amazing mm -hmm. genetics and have an amazing training regimen and great coach and a, and a infrastructure and a community that supports these young people to be their best. Now there's pressure for them to use performance enhancing drugs like, and testosterone replacement, steroids, well, you know, growth hormone, the stuff that, that insulin bodybuilders take mm -hmm. is really, really bad for somebody who's like a sprinter, for example, because mm. when you weigh 300 pounds, you're going to be <laughs> right. It's not great for that. But there's other that's why we say the term performance enhancing drugs, because there's a wide range of mm. things they can do to improve their performance. Uh, one example, uh, and, and I was reading about Caffeine, this. Caffeine, taurine. What? No, um, uh, Equipose is, increases the number of red blood cells in your body to give you more oxygen to be able to run uh, longer or faster. But that doesn't also make your uh, blood thicker? And, that's and it does good. make your blood thicker, too. So, you know, it's, it's a, but thicker blood is not necessarily a bad thing. It's high blood pressure. Mm. So what a lot of these athletes do is because they're all doing so much cardiovascular work, that offsets the the harmful side effects of something like Equipose. Mm. And so, you know, anyways, but all competitive sports, whether it's ba basketball, bodybuilding, uh, you know, football, 
anything where there's a lot of money to be made and there's a lot of racists involved and there's a lot of national pride, there's going to be pe- people uh, a pressure to, to cut corners or to find ways to excel and to dominate. And so that's why the Olympics, you know, has been something historically been very favored by conservatives. Mm. And, you know, it's an entertaining thing. And who doesn't like a, you know, nice ass on the track? <laughs> I like a nice ass pretty much anyway. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, so, in, in, you know, in terms of moving on, uh, let's talk about the rent the musical <laughs> being, uh, as we say, the well, we started watching uh, TikTok boom, right? So it's Luis uh, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda directed the film yeah. uh, TikTok boom, which is a semi autobiographical musical by playwright Jonathan Larson, who did Rent. You know, and so five thousand, twenty five hundred, six thousand men, and people, or something like that. People love some that. number. <laughs> people love that song. It's pretty much the, uh, the the only good song from the musical, right? And it starts off the musical, okay. so you can walk out after ten minutes and not miss anything. <laughs> but you know, it was a it was a fabulous play on Broadway, a musical on Broadway. People loved it. They made a movie about it. Uh, I think they even did it live with um, Valentina <laughs> from RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag, Race. Drag Race, and people when they roasted her on Drag race most people mentioned that because they were just like your performance was uh unforgivable <laughs> <laughs> and so you know it, but also too you know like it was he talked about with larry and i had actually forgot about this last week we talked about um jonathan um lewis was uh jonathan uh, larson. larson was accused of you know stealing one of the plot lines directly from you know a lesbian author playwright uh, sarah shulman so sarah shulman if yeah. you've gone to graduate school or undergraduate school and you studied gender theory or aids mm-hmm. or Anything like that, you've read her essays. Mm. Like that name is just super familiar. And I guess she wrote a bunch of stuff and Jonathan Larson said, thank you, hunty. (laughs) You know, I've always, Mm -hmm. since I was a child, I've always dreamed of dying of AIDS in a a Broadway musical. It could happen. It could happen. But you know, he famously Sorry, yeah. died on the uh, on the day of like the day that Rent debuted on Broadway. And we were everybody. And my mind. Since I was a child, we're like Jonathan Larson died of AIDS. He never lived to see the success of Rent the musical. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a what a heartbreaking, so ironic twist of fate. You so know? then we're watching TikTok Boom, which is semi-autobiographical about him, and I'm just like, wait a second, he's straight? <laughs> and so I'm like, well, let me on. go to Wikipedia and like, why did we not know this? Before they, yeah. this, the movie begins with video, you know, grainy VHS video footage of Jonathan Larson, and we're like, oh my God, he looks just like Andrew Garfield, the bad Spider-Man. <laughs> and there's been a lot. He's even worse than the Electric Company Spider-Man. That's how bad Who's the Electric Spider? The, the elect- Spider-Man, the Electric Company, the children's television yeah. show, had a segment f- with Spider-Man in it who didn't ever spoke. Oh, it's, really? it, when he ever spoke, it was like, you know. <laughs> I don't remember that. And it was a guy in a, like an ill-fitting suit and he wasn't jacked or anything like that. You know, he couldn't even squat. So it's like. <laughs> And like the 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 spider webs in his outfit were drawn with a sharpie marker. Get out of here! You can look at it on All YouTube. Right, yeah. I'll watch it. So so Andrew Garfield were like the worst Spider Man in history. We're watching this and we're like, oh my god, Jonathan Larson looks exactly like Andrew Garfield. Who, who would have thought? You know. And then we're just and then he kisses a woman and we're like. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> so maybe, you went to Google, yeah, but you 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 posted on Facebook and people were like, yeah, I knew he was straight and I knew he didn't no, die of AIDS. Half the people, and everyone's pe- like, oh my god, I. But didn't other realize. people did yeah. know. People, especially people who I think who are into musical theater, they knew. I'm into musical theater too. I never realized that he but was like into into. I mean, you know, how many times do I have to hear five thousand seasons of love? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, how many gay choruses have many, sung we that? We did a parody of that on what our four hundredth podcast or five hundredth podcast. What was that? Yeah, uh, it was very <laughs> early on. I forgot about that. I, we performed I said, that. I, we sang that live. Yeah, and yeah. at Mickey's in West Hollywood. It was about the before minutes, it burned down. It was the minutes. Well, we burned it down because we were so fierce, and flaming hot. No, it, we um, it actually did burn down. Yes, for real. It did, and they rebuilt it. They rebuilt it and better, stronger, mm-hmm. faster. Yeah, like the Million Dollar Man, only a gay bar. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. believe how many strippers they had there that last time we were there. I was like, oh my god, 
Yeah, it was like we all got at least three strippers. <laughs> so we got there and they're like, I'm your designated stripper. <laughs> I was like, well. Okay. I know one of this bar is so popular. So Jonathan Larson is a heterosexual who didn't die of AIDS. He died of some genetic. Something with his heart. And, issue. Yeah. That was undiagnosed. And he had some, I there was some. Problems. He just didn't. I guess he didn't see the doctor soon enough, or he had symptoms, but just kind of ignored them. I'm just like, why are we even talking about Jonathan Larson? Fuck you. <laughs> and Sarah Schulman's like, yeah, fuck him. And there's a bunch of people who are like, fuck Jonathan Larson on on social media. They're like, this is bringing back all these unhappy memories. And they're like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, LGBT people at the time said the show pathologized gay men. As being, you know, not agents of their own destiny. Well, you know, Sarah's criticism of it as well, too, is just like, yes, there was representation of queer people at the time when there wasn't really much representation, but it wasn't the it wasn't great representation. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so nowadays it's like things have kind of changed. And if you uh, um, it, it's not enough to just have a, 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 a person represented, you have to have like something about them that's unique or interesting. Right? There's nothing funny. There's nothing lighthearted. It's not just miserable people, you know, and rent the musical. And, you know, I'm just like, it's tedious. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> if no one I mean, a lot of other people are saying it, too. And I don't want some piss. people just love rent. You they know what I mean? Rent. So it's it, there's no, you know, it's it's subjective. If you love it, you love it. If you don't love it, you don't love it. And it's I'm not, not going to deny not. that season of love is not on my cardio playlist. Mm -hmm. Like I listen to it at least once a week because it's fun to lip sync to, you mm -hmm. know, in that. And you know who's in that is one of the cops from Law and Order. He was uh, he worked with Jonathan Larson. Yeah. And uh, back in the day and he put him in it. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Um, the black guy, the black uh, guy from law and order. Uh, he was, yeah, the, he was Lenny's partner. He took over. Did he the take guy, over? Black guy with Lenny. God, I can't think of his name. He was also on the flash. No, but if I'm a big you, fan of his. If you just had a computer in front of you, you if could I just could type just it. look in truth that she learned or the Jesse something or other. Jesse. that she cried in bridges. He burned or the way that she died. Jesse L. Martin. Jesse, mm -hmm. not you, the, not our dog, Jesse. No, no, no. Jesse human Martin. Being. Yes, a human, fellow human. Mm. So, you know, so, uh, poor Lynn Manuel Miranda and Andrew Garfield, they are just cursed. Why, why would you say they're cursed? Anything they've been doing lately is just everyone's like, boo. And Lynn Manuel Miranda's like, hey, I could be in Luquillo, Puerto Rico, sipping on a beach in a drinking a pina colada. And instead I spending my money making your musicals into movies. Fuck you, America. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Hillary, la pequeña Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I not like America no more. Fuck you. <laughs> you remember La Pequena? I do. Whatever uh, happened to La Pequena? I don't know. She just decided she was done with the uh, limelight. She was uh, famous during the uh, Obama years. Yeah, she's like, I am La Pequena Hillary Hulk. She became the Hillary Hulk. She was La Pequena Amy Winehouse. Me encantan las drogas. <laughs> I love drugs. I go to rehab. No, no, no. no. And that was it. It was a little person dressed up in drag as either Amy Winehouse, who pronounced it Amy Winehouse, mm -hmm. or Hillary Clinton. A mi marido lo perdoné. I forgave my <laughs> husband. And then when Hillary did not get the nomination in 2008, she turned into Hillary Hulk. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was meant to be hilarious. And she had... She had, a, you know, a charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent that was just irresistible. Without a doubt. I know that she was a, yeah. a sidekick to somebody who was famous on the radio there. And, you know, this is, this is the thing that bothers me about the RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like, this is what drag is about, people. <laughs> it's outrageous, hilarious shit that mm -hmm. still makes you laugh a decade later. Mm -hmm. oh, Not somebody lip-syncing and some bullshit because they forgot the lyrics. All know? drag is valid. Doesn't mean it's good, but yeah, it does mean it's, it's valid. valid. And I'm saying that this is more valid than their value. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the stuff that it's amazing. You know, La Pequena is a legend. And if you haven't heard about La Pequena, 
Google it, loca. <laughs> of course. So Britney is free. Yeah, free to create trouble for herself again. Well, and for other people, right? I mean, five minutes, Brittany. <laughs> Wait, just go on vacation. Take a nap. So she was, uh, what happened? She she was very happy because Lady <sighs> Gaga came to her defense. No, and, well, let's go, let's recap. Okay. So she, uh, her conservatorship was lifted. Mm-hmm. She describes it as the best day of her life. And we covered it. And not a, even yeah. 24 hours pass. And she's like starting fights with people on social media. Well, you know, it's like that's like, how they do it these days, right? Well, she was very happy because Lady Gaga supported her <laughs> and came out and said, I support uh, Britney. And she's thanked her very much. But then somebody asked Christina Aguilera on the red carpet, right, uh, about what she thought about that. And Christina's uh, publicist was like, well, we're not going to talk about that right now. But she did kind of say she was happy for her, right? She, Yeah, the publicist whisked her away, and, you know, Christina leans into the microphone as she's being dragged. Once again, these publicists, America, when are you going to relieve yourself from the tyranny of the awful publicist? <laughs> we have thousands of publicists listening to this right now. Like, <laughs> they, hey! Listen, the, the good ones know they're the yeah. bad ones fuck it up for the good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the good ones know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And and it's like this, this publicist is whisking Christina Aguilera away, knowing this is going to cause because they're just trying to avoid controversy. But by whisking her away causes the controversy. Mm-hmm. And so they're just not thinking, you know, they're not they're just they're just cowards. They're like, let Christina Aguilera say, hey, I kissed her with Madonna. We've been friends. She, I stand well, by she, her. She did, I love her. She you did know. tweet early in June yeah. saying that, like, listen, I support Britney in this. You know, I think she should be free of her conservatorship, that kind of thing. So she did su- put support out there before. But then Britney chimes in on Instagram saying that, you know, anytime there's any kind of injustice or anything like that, you should speak out against it. And Christina lost this opportunity to speak out in support of Britney. I, was there like a time limit? Like, <laughs> I didn't post a tweet. Well, actually, I did post a tweet on Free Britney. Mm. So I, am I cool with Britney? Uh, the, her lawyer, the, the lawyer expert said that she's going to become a regular on Feast of Fun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for that to happen. I won't be waiting. No, you I'm won't. not going to hold my breath on it. You know, you can kind of hear my voice being, uh, uh, you well, know, it's I, getting better than it was last week. That's yeah, for sure. It's it, I what happened terrible, to your voice? terrible, terrible cold, but it's not COVID. Which is That's good. That's great. You know? I'm so glad you didn't get COVID. Uh, the doctor said it was uh, laryngitis. Mm. Viral laryngitis. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because, you know... Uh, what I th- thought it was cockthroat, but... <laughs> <laughs> what is cockthroat, Mark? It's when you get, you know... Something wrong with your uh, throat you put after it, the you dick put in your in mouth. Well, the thing is, is like you know, they strep throat is yeah. not technically a venereal disease, right? Yeah. But you uh, people have strep on their body parts, like it's naturally on your body right now. Uh, and so, if it's on a piece of like flesh, um, a flesh, and that flesh goes into your throat, who's to say you couldn't get? Strep throat from that. So before I suck a dick, I should wipe it with an alcohol wipe. You should, yeah, you should dip it in some vodka, <laughs> or wash it, clean it. You know, <laughs> drink some vodka, and <laughs> gargle afterwards. Hold on a second, I need a hit of this before I go down. That here. kind of thing. But you know, they they, they uh, released rates. The uh, HOC did a thing and said that ninety one percent of LGBT folks are vaccinated against COVID, which is because we're awesome, which like in the I think it's 60 percent of the adults in the United States are vaccinated. So it makes a big difference. And, you know, based on the news and social media, you think LGBTQ people are assholes and terrible. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's not the case. You know, we're the most racially diverse in terms of our romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. There is racism in this world and Mm -hmm. we are part of that racism. But if you're LGBTQ, the chances are of you being in a mixed race relationship or mixed cultural mm-hmm. relationship are much higher. Much higher. I think it's like um, I think it's like three out of five people in a mixed race relationship are LGBTQ. So they're, they're all, <laughs> yeah. as our friend Daryl says, it's like if you see a white guy and a black guy who are and they're hot, adults. Yeah. And they're hanging out together. And they don't even have to be hot. They're fucking. Yeah, he's like, they're fucking. I saw <laughs> I saw this one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A famous baseball player come in uh, to a place where I work and he was with a equally attractive uh, Latino guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so it was a white guy and a brown skin guy and they were, I mean, insanely attractive and everyone's like, Oh my God, it's the, it's the blue from the, you know, famous Whatever. team. You know, I don't want to out anybody because I don't even know who this guy was. I just thought he was sexy. And did they share the same? um, um, Well, I was at, I was, you know, because they weren't even like, I didn't have to attend them and stuff, but I just went up to them and was like, hey, what are you guys doing here and stuff? Oh, we're shopping for uh, homes in the area, you know, because my uh, my friend here is uh, from, my friend is from the region. And I was just like, damn, honey, Mm -hmm. if you have a pool party, invite me. But, you know, the other thing, though, too, yeah. is like uh, 20% of LGBTQ folks have also gotten COVID. So there's, you know, what they know about, you know, these kinds of um, uh, situations. health situations mm-hmm. is that there's that intersectionality there. So there's a lot of people who have gotten COVID uh, because, you know, maybe uh, because of their work situation, their living situation. We know that people who are LGBTQ are um at higher risk for a lot of different things. And so it, it's great that people are getting vaccinated against it. And they do seem to be more concerned about the, like these variants that are coming out. So, you know, if you're going to choose between like, hey, would I go to a gay bar to hang out or would I go to a, a straight bar uh, to be around people for hours? I think you'd be better off going to a gay bar because there's more likely to be vaccinated. Even though we tend to suffer more from uh, covid well, I, I, they had COVID in the past, I see. so a lot of okay. people had had COVID in the past. And are because we live closer now? to each other? Well, you live closer to each other. You're you're working in in different environments. Maybe you're living, uh, you know, with different people. Or we're in service oriented yes. jobs. That kind of economically, thing, yeah. as LGBTQ people, we're mm-hmm. we're more in situations where we're more likely to catch mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. but we're also more likely to get vaccinated. Thank mm-hmm. God. You know, thank God. You know, know, another interesting statistic that came out that says that uh, um, the gay men have uh, earned undergraduate and graduate degrees is the highest rate actually in the in the world. I think I was looking at that study. I was like, "Mm, I think it's more that if you're going to college, you're more likely to come out as gay or self-identify as gay. Mm -hmm. Well, because, you know, academia mm -hmm. tends to be a very uh, interested in asking difficult questions and Mm -hmm. searching for the truth. Mm -hmm. And so academics are going to be asking themselves, who am I really? You know, and and so they're more in tune to who they are. Yeah, they're, they're more in, in comfortable in, in coming out. Well, maybe. Uh, but, you know, what the, right now they have uh, the percentage of women and uh, there's 60 percent of people in college are women right now and 40 percent of men. So it's changed over the years. You know, it used to be more men than women. Then it became kind of like 50 uh, 50 for a while. But, you know, more women are going to college now. And I think maybe it's because, uh, you know, guys have different opportunities. They can become a fireman or a policeman or a janitor or, you know, uh, a plumber, those kinds of things that aren't traditional women's roles. So they're looking at other places where they can succeed for, for queer people as well as like they're, they're more apt to maybe go to college because, you know, those other jobs might be feel like they're more closed off to them. And they said that, you know, there's that syndrome out there called the best little boy in the world syndrome. So people, you know, they want to get praise in one place. They might if they're gay, they might not get praise at home, but the teachers will praise them and say, oh, you did a good job. You did a good, you know, um, you know, people who are educated are usually more accepting of people who are different than them. Right. And so that that that's kind of like leads up to why that they might go to college because they can succeed at those things where maybe they wouldn't have succeeded at sports or being a fireman or going into the military. Well, University of Minnesota now is offering a senior citizen education program Mm -hmm. and every class is $10. And I'm like, you evil, evil motherfuckers (laughs) charging us, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. for the same classes. 
and I'm like, I guess they're trying to keep old older people, uh, you know, busy, busy and engaged. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, if they can offer these community classes to older people, why not to younger people who really might need it and benefit from it? You yeah. Know? It's without like, a doubt. Damn, it's like you know these baby boomers, they did everything they could to like destroy this educational system mm -hmm. and now they're cashing in on it again mm. i mean it, it, listen even stevens if 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 a, a senior citizen can get it for 10 bucks we should be able to get it for 10 bucks equality baby cancel all student debt right fucking now i would love that well you know i i think the reason democrats so don't much do money it from the economy they don't do it because they don't see it as something that will ensure the re-election mm. and that's that's the sad reality is that even though it be dramatically benefit the economy, it wouldn't uh, sway voters at the polls. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's I would the, vote for somebody who promised that. Well, it's one thing and to I promise. Would one thing to, I would vote for him if yeah. they did it. I, I mean, it, it's a Biden can do it today. He could do it today. He doesn't need anybody else to do it because once you cancel all student debt, then it sets the ball in motion for universal education for all Americans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for every dollar that we put in into educating Americans in the college collegiate level, we get millions of dollars in return. And it says something about how we're living in a in a colony, you know, all international oligarchs want to harm and divest inside the United States because it impoverishes us. It harms us as a country not to have people studying in the in the collegiate level so there's this movement now um on the internet be like you don't need to go to college and in and fact there's been, there's been some studies done and said not going to college and not having that debt can actually open up career opportunities and make your life better mm -hmm. so you know if I mean, you're plumbers going to go are to making college, six yeah. figures if you're you know? going to go to college try to go to college in a foreign country that'll pay for you to study there you go to finland yeah <laughs> all sorts of places and, and they speak english there mm -hmm. So, so why wouldn't you? And their dicks are big. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about yeah. that. But so it's the 20th yeah. anniversary of the Harry Potter movies. And they're, uh, they're going to have a new documentary, a retrospective. It's going to air on HBO Max. And J.K. Rowling's has not been invited to participate in it. Oh, so uh, they're not including the book J uh, Harry Potter and the Immovable Turf. No, no, no. And probably it's in light of her, her recent like anti-trans statements uh, that they were just like, we don't want to uh, open up that can of worms and deal with that. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, along Christopher Columbus, who directed the first ones. Christopher and, Columbus? Uh, yeah. There's a guy and, named Christopher. Yeah, yeah, he directed the first two and produced the third. Canceled. Um, but, you know, even Helena Bottom Carter. Uh, Bottom, <laughs> there is a drag queen named Helena Bottom Carter, right? Uh, <laughs> Ralph Fiennes, Jacob Isaacs. A lot of people are going to be there for it. Now, the thing is, though, they say that she's not invited to it, but they may use archival footage that she's already done from previous interviews. And so maybe that might be in it. It has come to my attention that... The Harry Potter retrospective is not including me, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> she sure sounds different than I expected her to. Well, she sounds exactly like Voldemort or Margaret Thatcher. Take your pick. <laughs> we never yeah, found out whether uh, Voldemort borrowed, uh, how Ralph Fiennes borrowed his speech pattern from Margaret Thatcher. Well, we have to talk to the guy who... Um, we had the Princess Diana guy. We <laughs> keep calling him Princess Diana. Princess Diana's voice coach was a guest on our podcast just weeks ago. And we were like, and he also, then we found out that he also worked with Margaret Thatcher. Mm -hmm. And I started playing Margaret Thatcher and I'm like, that's Voldemort. Stuart Pierce was Stuart Pierce. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Stuart, is there any connection there? Like, you know, why does Voldemort sound like Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. And he's like, I got to ask. I'll him. ask Ralph. He still hasn't gotten back to us. No. Though. Right. Well, let's write to him and say, hey, did you ever talk to Ralph about that? <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. Ah, oh, yes. The young, the boy who lived. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Iron Lady. The Iron Lady. Well, California Connors don't need no man to make babies. The women. The women. Because that would be news if the male condors had babies. No, I know, but they don't. They but do. it's very common, actually. Actually, in, in many species. Well, uh, it's 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 uncommon. It's not 
it's not a common kind of thing, right? It does happen, but it's not like it happens all the all the time. It's called so, parthenogenesis. Yes, it's uh, self cloning. Yeah. So in 1987, yeah. you know, the California condor was on the brink of extinction. So what happened is that they went and they collected all of them and took them into captivity to try and raise them so that they could increase their breeding. Now they have 500 condors uh, between California and Mexico at this point in time, but they're you know they're still on the endangered list. Some have been released in, into the wild, um, and the, the numbers are definitely coming up. But they d looked at some of the genetic material and some of the ones in the early 2000s, uh, two of them, and then I think well, they had one recently, they were genetically identical to the mother. Yes. They didn't have any male DNA in it. Uh, but what's interesting is they weren't female. They were male because the male egg or the egg Actually, like when we like when humans have babies, right? The male Y chromosome can influences whether the child is going to be like male or female, identified at birth, that kind of thing. So you either have XX or XY, and I think what some people have XXX, right? Well, sometimes the chromosome <laughs> is not clear whether it's an X or a Y. Mm -hmm. So okay. there's a term intersex there yeah. too. And so uh, yeah. and so what happens is the the egg actually controls. Uh, whether it's going to be male or female, right? And so the egg is male, and then when it mixes with the, uh, when it gets fertilized by its by another cell within the system, that's what happens. So they came out male. Now these two, a lot of times uh, when they have these kinds of births, uh, the, they they don't live, right? And these ones actually lived. One lived like a couple of years, and then one lived, I think, like nine years or something like that. Um, but they say that so it's not common, but it's not it's common. It's just being observed. And it's also, yeah. they say it's because you know how like, in, like this is the worst case of incest there can be, right? So the, <laughs> because you're just cloning yourself. So yeah. if you have any kind of like, if there's any kind of um, problem with your gene code, it gets replicated. So like, you know, some people have like a recessive gene um, for something and they mate with somebody else and then they have this baby and the, the recessive thing gets taken care of. Like it kind of goes out of the gene pool because the dominant gene takes over. So if it's something, you know, uh, if you have something that might be like a give some kind of disease or syndrome to you, you might not get it because the dominant gene kind of wiped it out. But if you're not just, to be confused yeah. with the um, uh, queer punk core uh, band dominant gene. Is that really one? There was one. <laughs> <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and you know, and uh, grass uh, does this. Uh, mm. Bees do it. Even educated fleas do it, mm -hmm. uh, you know. So there is it, it, parthenogenesis happens. Uh, some scientists say that Jesus was most likely probably a woman. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing uh, is that that uh, if Mary had a baby, mm -hmm. that they're saying that actually there is possibility that humans can do parthenogenesis as well. Maybe, but they think that it's mostly from the ancient genome. So it's things like birds, lizards, sharks, snakes, things that have been around Fish. for like hundreds of millions of years. Uh, th those are the ones that because, are more likely uh, sex, to do it. Sex, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the mixing of, of chromosomes to create a new mm -hmm. offspring right. is something that's newer mm -hmm. evolutionary speaking. Well, it's because yeah. they also produce like eggs, right? And so the, it's what happens is like the egg gets a gene, like whatever gene gets inside and gets inside that egg wall. And that's when that happens. Eggs, Babs. It's all about the eggs. Eggs, eggs, Babs, Babs. Where's the mm -hmm. egg, man? <laughs> you learn about science and John Waters <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, and it's just, I think people have a very uh, narrow minded view about gender. And they were like, it's male or female, you know? And I'm like, but if you look, if you study, if, if you're aware of biology and the diversity of life on earth, mm -hmm. um, you can see that there's uh, gender is a very fluid, very diverse thing in of itself. Mm. And so even the concept of male and female X and mm. Y genes is something that's very loosey goosey. Mm. It's not very fixed mm -hmm. and it's constantly being redefined and evolving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throughout history, there's always been people that have been, you know, the, the third sex, I think they, they would call them or, or intersex or two spirits, all these numbers. We have numbers in them now, the twos and the threes, right? Three spirited. Well, third sex, right? 
Oh, I that's see. What, I think that's what they call them in Thailand, right? Oh, so it's and not LGBTQIA plus plus. It's, it's two now plus two, three. Three, four. Oh my God. Well, I, there's a famous, it sounds like computer the famous video now. of, uh, I guess they use the two in Canada a lot because yeah. there's a video of uh, Justin Trudeau being LGBTQ2 plus or something. He didn't know what to say, but uh, that kind of thing. He's like, but I, Linda, you know, what is this? Mm-hmm. I remember uh, one trans uh, activist yeah. we were talking to, a researcher, said that uh, he feels as though. The, the, the there was a real delineation between male and female during like uh, the Renaissance and scientific discovery that there was this need to categorize everyone and so you either have to be and so you have to buy into that binary of you're either this or you're that yeah whereas before they they had that it was just more you know how are you who are who are you what do who you feel are like you? You? that who, kind of thing who are you Harry Potter <laughs> I want to do a big shout out to Katharina, who made a contribution to this podcast. Thank you so much. Feast of fun. Mm-hmm. Katharina, thank you so much. Uh, if you're wanting to support this podcast, go to feastoffun.com slash donate. And every, you know, put a little uh, a five pound box of money, honey, in our stocking. This Christmas. Try me, Santa. Try me. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, what, how does that Pearl Bailey song go? Uh, Santa, I just want a five, five pound, pound box, box of money. money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and really, uh, you know, just put some, uh, some uh, ducats. American Express will do nice. Some nicely. dragoons. Yeah, I'll take Bitcoin the- even. Oh, Bitcoin would be best. Yeah, if you want my Bitcoin wallet, uh, just message me on social media. I'll send Everybody's it to you. got a little bit of Bitcoin hanging around, uh, right? Yeah. Put it to use. Yes. Make this podcast. Uh, Give me a whole Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. That's $66,000. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, baby. There's got to be somebody out there with some the, cryptocurrency the king, king or queen mm-hmm. or non binary uh, royale. Yes. A monarch. Yeah. Yeah. Invest in Feast of Fun, honey. Mm-hmm. 3,000 shows. It's a pleasure right doing it with you. Mark, you're such a charm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just me. I have to say I'm going to come clean. Yeah. Just tricking you into cracking jokes with me and, and socializing <laughs> with me because I absolutely love you. And oh. you're so much fun to be around. And it, We're around each other all day long. But, you know, this is a heightened experience with you. <laughs> And it's so great having your undivided attention and your smile and your wit and your wisdom. And it's it's just a thrill for me to share a show with oh, you. I want to thank you for all your hard work on doing this podcast, all the editing that you do and securing of great guests and uh, sharing everything on social media. It's just it's fantastic. I have to say, you know, talking to that, uh, what is it, the, the Pierce, the Lady Diana guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> Stuart Pierce. Stuart Pierce. Uh, you know, he was such a character. If you have guys haven't listened to it, the man who taught mm-hmm. Lady Diana how to speak, mm-hmm. uh, really fascinating podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, one of the favorite interviews of 2020. And, and during uh, you were sick last week, and one of the things you did watch on Netflix was the Diana musical. Um, care to review Girl. it? What? A I watched part mess. of it, and I was just like, "This is terrible." I was sick, and I was like, "It made me feel better." Seeing a really bad musical. Oh, really? On because it was basically like The Crown, mm-hmm. but written by you know children. <laughs> like if you ask a kid to tell you about How The Crown, it, uh, it's just a spo- Crown. Spoiler. Uh, spoiler. Uh, spoiler. Does alert, she, Lady Diana dies. <laughs> does she die in it? <laughs> yes, she. Di- it begins with her death, actually. Oh wow! <laughs> spoiler She's in alert. the limo. Yeah, they they have that as a musical number, and I'm just like. This is like level of Simpsons wackadoodly, like a streetcar named Desire. Long before the Super Bowl, wow. where the Saints of football play, lived a town where the damned call home. Hear their hellish rondoulet. New Orleans, home of pirates, trucks, and horse. New Orleans. <laughs> the Simpsons. I'll yeah. never forget when she when she died. Though I was at work and I, my boyfriend at the time called me up and was just like, "Lady Diana's dead. She died in a car crash. Die? She and, died." And so I was like, "Oh wow!" I was kind of in shock. And then I I told somebody I worked with, and he's just like, 
Why would you say that? That's so mean. Why would you make something like that up? I'm like, I'm not making it up. He's like, you're like, he just totally thought I was lying. That's why I always put my seatbelt on when I get in an Uber. Because mm. you never know when the paparazzi are going to follow you. That's true. I mean, it, it it was an unnecessary. I still believe that. I think she may have been murdered. You know, she she was a <laughs> she was somebody really pushed the envelope in a very conservative sphere of mm. the world into pushing it for the margin most marginalized most vulnerable people yeah and um you know British, the british they, they call it what is the, the the monarchy calls the the system that they're part of the firm mm-hmm. like it's a mob you know and i'm like when you call your family the mob mm-hmm. they probably are the mob well also when she's talking when diana especially is talking about the firm she is talking about you know the the queen and everything like that but there's also the other people, the infrastructure, the infrastructure that's all built around it, right? To keep and so that these system are just in kind place. of like the players that are in there. And you know, the Crown. I think the series on Netflix sort of takes the approach that the monarchy is a necessary um, force in the stabilization of democracy. Mm-hmm. And I would laugh at that. <laughs> I was like, it's probably a force in destabilizing mm-hmm. the democracy overseas. And in enabling British imperialism. But at the same time, you know, they just look so fierce. And, ooh, that Prince Ginger is so hot. Prince Harry. Mm-hmm. So hot. Although he, you know, what do you make of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry now moving to California? And- I, listen, I'm glad for them. They got out of that rat race and joined another. But at least they're kind of like in control of, you know, what they want to be in control of, right? Now Meghan Markle's like, now- I got a brand now. She's trying to be basically like Kim Kardashian. Well, they're going to be... You know, they're rich already, but I think that whatever's going to happen to them, they're just going to be even richer. How? She's going to sell like pencils or something on eBay? I mean, everything, <laughs> right? Anything. She's got a brand. She's got like a the bird poop dress. You know, for sale. <laughs> Listen, I want to remind everybody that Feast of Fun has made possible because of you. Over the past 16 years, people have stepped up and said, I love this programming. I want it to continue. I'm going to financially support it. And uh, thank you for doing that. And one of the best ways you can do that is to become a Plus member for an ad-free experience at feastoffun.com slash plus or at Patreon, patreon.com slash feastoffun. If you are hearing ads and you are a paid subscriber or you are on Patreon, uh contact us because you don't have the right RSS feed. Just email us at mail at Feast of Fun. Hit me up on Facebook or wherever. Uh, we are there for you. Thank you for supporting us. I hope everybody has a great holiday this coming Thursday. Thanksgiving, honey. Celebrate with your uh, family, however you like, for the Harvest Festival or Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it. I just We just call it the holiday now. And if you're a <laughs> uh, turkey at heart, get yourself stuffed, honey. Mm-hmm. Make sure that dressing goes mm-hmm. in deep. Tickle them giblets. Woo! And giblets. Bye, everybody. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.